this jacket making me sweat. Y'all like my new, I had to get a new thread for the new building. You like it? Trying to up my game. Thanks, Nicole. I know you got good taste, so I, I trust your judgment. Oh. What is that thing in my front row? Oh, that's my son. Hey, Colton, come here, buddy. Come here, Tess. Little David. He's a little cocky at times. I got to smack him. Say, you're seven? Act like it. Wait, are you eight? You're eight. Oh, my goodness. He's nine. <laughs> okay, this is funny to you all. You got your little fan? Turn your fan on. Okay. His head's too small. The fan can't keep up. How many know what he's wearing? air dancer. How many know the backstory to the air dancers? A lot of y'all knew. That's what's cool is you don't know the backstory. I like that. For a while, everybody knew the story. We get new people, new faces, new stories. One of the first things we bought before we launched church were these blow-up air dancers. They're run on fans. They're 20 feet. We had five of them going in front of Liberty High School. We had gas generators on Sunday morning running five air dancers. I mean, we were not messing around for a brand new church. We smelled like gasoline. Nate, you in here? We smelled like gasoline. And so we thought this was funny for day one because it's funny. And um, But this is more than just funny. This is the beginning of where we started. We had these before we had a lot of the church equipment, you know, priorities. We had yellow, we had red, and we actually made such a spectacle in front of Liberty High School, I questioned whether they knew it was actually a church and not a football game because we created such a distraction with these and then no one came like we thought. We realized maybe they don't know it's actually one seat church doing that. But I just thought it, it was cool because this represents the beginning. Give it a little wave, air dancer, man yourself around. Show how, how we do. He's been waiting for three months to wear this to church on day one. All right, you can go before I pop you. Go. I said, how am I going to preach with you sitting in the front row in that thing? <laughs> so I just thought you guys would appreciate that because one, it's a good icebreaker. And two, it signifies the beginning of something thought that people thought was a waste of time. I had so many, so many experienced people come in and say, oh yeah, good luck. Good luck, oh, hey, you wanna buy my book? Hey, can we solicit to your church? We don't wanna help you grow God's gospel. We wanna come in and solicit to you and then tell you you're gonna fail. And that's what they would do, isn't that sad? That's the reality of the culture we're in. And so we didn't get into that to listen to people up front. We listened to God up front. So that's why we are, we were ready for that defense. We had our, we had our sword and shield on. And so, so it's just funny because uh, we weren't supposed to be here. Corona tried to take us out in 2020. We weren't supposed to be here. Some of you came before that and we, man, we were growing. We saw the church do things like me and Michelle were like, this is working, the theater. Linda came, Tammy came, Scott came, like y'all came and things were happening and then Corona came and the devil said, okay, well, I'm gonna try another way. And then we went in the basement and then Nolani had just come on and, and we had just a few people and then people thought we were crazy because we stayed live with service every Sunday. Why would you do it live? It's easier just to record it because we didn't wanna lose our rhythm for the gospel. 
because I was afraid if we took six months off of doing recordings, we'd forget, we'd forget the mission by the time the places opened up. And so we never treated it any different. Three people or a hundred, we never treated every different. And when we get to a thousand, we'll never treat it any different. This message will stay the same. And that's why we'll get there. Because we don't waver under the pressure of what society says we should do. And so we trucked through it. We went to the YMCA, and here we are in our fourth place, in our fourth year. And thank you, Jesus, this will be the last one for a while. Moving is rough. Everything's got to change. Okay. I thank the teams. I talked about the sign. I talked about the anniversary, and I talked about Colt. I think that's it. You guys want to hear a, a word today? I just pray, God, that you, you touch me, and I pray that you, you guys reach forward. And just, just ask God to speak to me today because I'm, I'm still struggling to come out of this, this funk. And so, God, this is about you. We are all vessels doing our part of the body. And, God, I just pray that this word speaks to somebody today and that somebody watching online goes, I get it now. I didn't get it before. We thought they were crazy. But, God, we know you're not crazy. We have crazy faith for you, God. So speak this word today in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. I struggled with today because we weren't rushed. I struggled with, we were game planning, me and my kids were game planning yesterday. Like, for four years, we've had this to-do list of how to fix the setup for the following week because every week, it's a Band-Aid fixed list of all these things. And so to, it, was, it was just gone. The list was gone. The list was blank, Linda. And so I have this reminder on my phone. It, the list was blank. And so I said, kids, what do we do tomorrow? Like, we have church. Uh, we don't have to go unlock the door. What do we do? And then, and then, um, and then the worship team, like, they're doing their thing. And, and then... And then Dad, the kids are like, well, what time do we go? Like 7? I'm like, no, we can leave at 9.30. And, and I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, just, just like enjoy the time with you? Like, what do I do? And, 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 and so we, we did that, and we were game planning, and, and it felt like a routine change. It felt completely out of routine. How many, how many, unless I don't want to, I don't want to um, celebrate the C word, but how many had sickness this holiday season because of the C word? And it kind of messed with your routine, I bet. And it may still be residually impacting your routine, and you're just kind of starting to feel like kind of like who you were before that. And so we, we had that, and we did some other things. And, and when you mix all that together, and then you take church away, for us, the routine was lost. It's all about a rhythm, and if you don't have your rhythm, you feel kind of useless in your own life sometimes. We talked about routine before. You know, you get up. I've been starting oatmeal in the morning. I know I sound like an old, old oatmeal person. No, like some, some rolled oats, steel-cut oatmeal, because I never eat breakfast, and then I do, like, the thing, and then i got to have a certain amount of water before I go up to work. Like, that routine is important. You ever heard the phrase, uh, make your bed when you get up? Because the routine matters. You're creating a structure for yourself to hold yourself accountable accountable to. And when you take that away, you start questioning your own worth. And you start forgetting the, the word of God that you've preached to other people. And you start feeling like nothing because you have lost track of the routine. So what's exciting about this season is we get to learn a new routine. And everybody in the church gets to learn a new routine. And maybe 2022 has brought you guys something you didn't plan, but there's a new routine in store for you, like a New Year's resolution, but this time it's going to stick, right? It's not a resolution, it's a new way. 
And so we've been, we've been going through that, and it will mess with you. Look to your neighbor, tell him, it will mess with you when it breaks your routine. It's not always peaches and cream when it breaks your routine. Originally, I was going to tell you about some trips because when we go on trips, I have a five-day limit. It could be the best trip in the world, but if it's over five days, I start getting anxiety. Has anybody ever had that? Am I the only weirdo that's a workaholic? Come on, somebody. After five days, what happens? Your routine is so different that now you start having panics about the way it was at home. Now, here you've paid all this money to be in this amazing place, and you got the beach, and you got all the things, and the kids got all the stuff they don't need that they don't want to take home because all the sand's going to be trapped in the toys, and you got all that stuff. But, but the, 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 the issue is you've broken your routine long enough now that you want to go back to how it was. I got to check my emails 800 times a day. After five days, it's a problem. So we, we have this five-day limit, and we're actually going to go on our first trip this year. Uh, Vincent's going to preach. Amen. Give it for Vincent. We're going to take a 10-day but I may be back in five, Vincent, because I don't like breaking my routine. <laughs> so that happens a lot because it's, it's, it's unfamiliar. And I'm not sure if I'm the only one who like to visit places, but then the newness wears off after five days. But whether it be your job, relationships, your church experience, your church habits, your, your spiritual habits, your spiritual way of life, your, the way you interpret the scripture. Oh, this is going to get real in a few minutes. There's a routine to it. And you know your routine. And as smart as we can be, if we're not willing to ever change our routine, we may be stifling what we see God wanting to show us. Relationships. We're tested in that place of change. And it is so easy to auto-retract back to the place where we've always been. <laughs> like Christmas night, I turned into the little brother of the family. I had to throw away my pastor hat for a minute. I didn't like that. That was my flesh. I had a moment on Christmas because of COVID and some family stuff, and I'm going to talk about it because it matters. Because it took me back to that familiar place. You know when you get around a certain kind of people, you start acting a certain kind of way, and then you go back to the same kind of habits that you thought you, you got rid of? That happened to me, and that bothered me because I thought I had broken that, but everybody is susceptible to falling back to their routine if they put themselves back in the same places that exposed the same problems. That place of change is a test. Let me give you my passage. That's probably pretty important. I want to go to Luke real quick. Chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And this will all make more sense. It says, On the day Jesus was standing at the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. You know he was talking to fishermen, right? This guy's trying to tell us how to catch a fish. <laughs> Who does he think he is, Jesus? Verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we worked all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, 
I will let down the nets. Verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Can you imagine? That's a lot of fish. I don't know if I want that many fish. My boat sank. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and says, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to shore, left everything. Everybody say everything. And followed him. After 30 days off, don't let me forgive you, forget to give you my title today, which is called Routine Shakeup. See? You'll change without your routine. Jesus was talking to expert fishermen. How do you feel when someone tells you something you have already been doing for that, your whole life? You feel like, come on, man, come on, come on, Jesus. You know, you know, like he was telling them something they already knew so well. Y'all been to church before? You know church people like that? God will get you for that. Yes, someone said that to us once. You can know it so well that Jesus can be standing you in the face and telling you actually how to do it right because you've been doing it wrong. And so I want to challenge you that when you're challenged in something you know well, that's the time to listen. It's, it's when, when you feel so confident that that's when God is saying you really need to listen. Because, because that confidence is what the Pharisees had. That's a, that's a blinder. That's when you're weakest. That confidence can crush you. The confidence we have is in Christ Jesus and not of self. So when God puts you in a test like these last 30 days, it says, you think you got to figure it out? You think you know that you're a fisherman? I'm trying to get you to catch something you've never had on the rod before, Pastor. That's when you should listen. That's when God is silently shouting in your face to listen because he's challenging something that he sees correction in you for improvement. And that's, that's what you want. We want to be better, winning, not like Charlie. God blessed the apostles' nets, but it wasn't before the apostles hesitated due to their experience. Because what God did was not familiar to what they knew. They immediately assumed where they had been and done was best. You ever argue with your eight-year-old because they think they, they know how to drive the car better than you? What experience do they have? Hot wheels? Amen, somebody. How do you think God feels talking to us in these same conversations? We have to have a humble ear to hear. Jesus says if you can't have a spiritual eye, you won't see. If you don't have spiritual ears to hear, they may be on your physical head, but you are not listening to my word. It matters. And so, so that's kind of what was happening here, except the, the apostles were wise enough and they had been around Christ long enough to trust him enough to go ahead and do it anyway. Versus my kids maybe argued a little longer about why, the why. <laughs> Colton and his battery pack all weekend. Dad, you better change these batteries. 
I said, well, quit using them and they won't die for Sunday. We were, we were having that. But in this moment I'm talking about where we're challenged in the thing we know, we might choose between the past and the future way. And God will trigger a shakeup to our routine that is not only uncomfortable, oh dear, that's true, but it's actually healthy. It's like a workout. It's like a tonal workout. They say it's going to be good. It's got a lot of bad reports on the internet for being too easy. Come on, somebody, tonal. Nobody knows what tonal is? Twilight Zone, Jen. Okay, you're going to go home and look at tonal after the thing, and this will make sense. Anyway, love you guys. It's a spiritual metabolism reset is what God is doing in these, these moments, okay? They, they were experts until God showed them they were novices. We all need it. Isn't it amazing, though, that in the process God exposed to them a new line of work as they left their nets to fish for a new reward, a reward they didn't even know that was so far beyond their greatest passions. I mean, I thought church was just about bright lights and being in front of people and having cool coffee cups, but, but I didn't know that God was going to take the fish and replace them with people. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe our routine for, for, for Jesus needs a shakeup. And, and maybe some of you have felt the soil shift a bit, and it, it, it scared you, but actually you can thank God for that soil shift because if God hadn't shifted your soil, your garden may have died. We talk about the garden. The garden is an everlasting tilling process. It's not a one-and-done heart condition that once we fix our garden, how many have a garden? Is it a once-and-done season, or is it every year? It's every year. It's no different. You might be due for a routine shakeup. We're always due for some kind of shakeup. Look at me looking at the clock. I'm so, I'm so trained. 11.16, here comes the YMCA. Can I joke with y'all? Hey, I'm being real right now. You want a real pastor or a fake one? <laughs> okay. God pointed to the place. He said, you're going to become a fisher of men. If you do it my way, you're going to see something new come out of your nets that you thought you had figured out. He pointed to the place, and it was hard enough to hear it from God, but when he's standing there with instruction saying, follow me, leave your nets, who would do it? Like before Christmas? Well, the holidays, God, I mean, come on. Who would leave their nets? Anybody? Would you, nobody would leave their nets? Okay, I like that we're on honest church. <laughs> Who said I would? Because purest is the faith of a child. Amen, sister. She gave me a piece of art before Christmas. It says, it says you're my favorite, I think, <laughs> because her faith is where our faith should be. Oh, that was good. That was good. This little child just out-preached all y'all. We said, who would leave their nets? Nobody said they'd leave their nets except her, including myself. I told you we weren't coming into 2022 easy. We're coming into 2022 real. And when I, when I holler at you, I'm hollering at me. That's what we got to have. The Bible says if you don't have faith like her, you can't enter into the kingdom. I didn't write that. The Bible did. God did. So, so when you leave here, think about it. What is my routine? God is pointing to a place. Would I follow? 
would I follow immediately? Why would they trust him? They already knew how to fish because these fish are different. These are people. The plan is different than we thought. We didn't know there was a salvation process. We didn't know that people really go to hell. We didn't know that there was a real thing in this world called sin. We thought it was just about looking like the cool church on TV. No. God says you're catching the wrong thing. That's cool too. But that is to get you in the water so I can fill your nets with the real thing. You getting this? It's been a minute. I got a little extra energy today. I thought, I thought I didn't have it, but it's coming back. It's scary. It is scary being first. I dare you to be first. All you experts that know everything, be first and then tell me about it. When no one's there to cover you except Jesus, test your faith. Then be an expert for the Lord. Do it alone because you will be blessed publicly. I dare you. I dare you watching online in your jammies. Be first. Get your mask on. Come to church. Be first. Your children need you. It's scary to step outside of the pattern that the world is used to. But what's the point of living if you're not willing to try something different? It's boring being the same as everybody else. You were designed with a blueprint that is unique for you, Sarah. No one else. Ben, Rusty, Nicole, and I shout it as I see it because I love y'all. But, but you have a blueprint that's not supposed to be flatlined through this world. You are the light of the gospel. You are the light of the world. Come on, somebody. Is the, light of the, is the light of the gospel supposed to be sleeping and just, and, just, and just never say nothing for Jesus? Stand up and watch God change your fishing net. Oh, that's good. I'm going to have to watch that later when I need some encouragement. <laughs> we got a gelato machine. We're going to make some gelato later, and we're going to watch some church. I don't know. Just kidding about the church part. Anybody ever been to Bermuda? I can't talk. It's not the Holy Ghost. I can't talk. Bermuda? Anybody ever been to Bermuda? The Bermuda Triangle. Anybody ever watched the Discovery Channel? Anybody ever seen a TV? Nate, are these the Twilight Zone lights? <laughs> we went to Bermuda. He talks about trips a lot. That's what we like to do. Thank you, Corona. Don't worry. We haven't been on any good ones lately. So we're going to go to Bermuda. My mom can vouch for this. <laughs> and before we go to this paradise, I start hearing about the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, man. Are you sure you want to do that? The triangle. The triangle. The triangle. Ben, you're a pilot. The triangle. It's like Bermuda, Puerto Rico, Miami, Cuba. What is it? Bahamas. So it's a triangle, and only the tip is actually at Bermuda. Can I tell you, we just, we just risked it because we got the Lord, and it was the best trip ever, ever. And they got like this reef around the whole island, so it's really cool. If you ever go, there's a military base, and on that side, there's cannons, okay? And when you look over the shore, there's no tide. Spooky. You know why? Because there's a reef. And then they say the sharks won't get in there and eat you because they don't like to be inside the reef. 
I'm telling you this story because everybody told us, don't go to Bermuda, the triangle. Chattering teeth. You know, no, I'm like, really? Like, is that really a thing? Like, I remember it like in DuckTales or something. Is that really something to be concerned about at this point in life? It turned out to be an amazing trip. Amazing. My, if my wife was here, I always use her for reference checks because I get a little mixed up. She's home with the baby, who's nice and chubby, by the way. They'll be here in March. Give it up for Camilla. But, like, we could have listened to fear and just done nothing. I'm not saying do everything, but do something. Don't do everything. Do something. We call it one seed because we just wanted to take a seed with something. Because God will give the increase. And so, so that's how you have to look at your 2022 is what am I going to do different and better? I'm tired of catching those catfish off the dock with the worm. I want to put my net down and bring up something different this year. I think this is a great way to start. God gave us a platform to do it different. So I want to encourage you with that. And that's what he was telling the apostles. But they had to change their scenery. So what did they do? They left their nets. If God probes you in the place of self-sufficiency, he's got something big for you. Not small, big. That's a good one to write down in your mental tablets. If God probes you in that place, you're super self-sufficient, that means he has something big for you. He still finds a need to challenge you there. I'm going to move this along because I'm getting a little winded as a preacher. It's the jacket. But maybe that's what God wants is to lead to change in our behavior. Okay, now I'm going to have to give you some real meat for a minute. You guys ready for this? You ready? You get, can I just get like a yes or something? Amen. Are you guys alive? You remember church? 30 days off and you guys go dead? This is like post-corona. Everybody came back to the theater. We say amen. They go what do we do? You say, amen, praise the Lord. We're in the house of God. Like, that's, that's cool if you want to do that. You don't have to do that, but I'm okay with it. God wants to lead to change in our behavior. It's not really about the fish. Peter was doubting to follow Jesus, blaming his own convictions. He said, no, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Whatever, Peter, suck it up. Follow the Lord, you fake. That's what he was doing. Do you understand what he was doing? He was just trying to say, I'm not worthy to follow you. He was copping out from God trying to deliver him right then. He blamed his own past failures. So did he doubt him on the water. So did he try to cast out Satan when it was actually the spirit of God that stood there that Jesus had to rebuke the devil out of Peter. So what I'm saying is, as faithful as Peter was, he still was foolish. Now, if Peter can be foolish, is anybody in here capable of being foolish? Okay. This might hurt y'all. It would be no one in here. Maybe your routine is judgment. I don't understand. There's a lot of really good judgmental Christians out there that are watching but not lifting. They're hitting. They're not loving. They're not lifting people up. They're sending them down to prison. 
from the sidelines. You know, they're like the athlete who couldn't get on the field, but they got to figure out how to run the, how to run the scorecard, right? How to run the, the playbook. You don't want to be that kind of Christian. You want to be the Christian who gets on the field, and if you get tackled, you get tackled, Mike, right? How many football players want to sit on the sideline and never play? How many football players would you listen to who never play, but they got the, they're going to tell you how to win the, the game, right? That don't make sense. Judgment is a big one. That came to me this morning, and it wasn't even in the notes, and I felt like that was the word. So many churches, people say I've been hurt. I don't, I don't understand that, and that hurts to hear. It's because there's judgment, and God is the judge, and we have to have accountability for sin. But it's the way we approach people that makes the difference for that reconciliation with God. Are we trying to get them right with God or send them to hell forever? What is our mission as the gospel? Hence, we planted a church four years ago because we had a lot of routine judgment experts. I was a sick of being around. I'd go to church, come home, and listen about all the stuff that wasn't right with church that day. Can you believe they did this? I'm like, as a man, I'm starting to think, this is not, this doesn't sound like the Bible I was reading. And you can really convince yourself that it's okay because that's what everybody you know does. That's the click of it. Were the Christians supposed to be a click church? They were supposed to be the body of Christ open to all who are sick, no matter what the condition, no matter how much money they make, no matter how much clothes they wore, no matter how bad they smelled, even that, we have to love them even when they smell. Well, yeah, I can't get them to get a bar of soap if I don't ever love them first. I'm not saying I like it. Routine judgment is the ultimate crusher to Christianity. I've been in that routine. We, I think we all fight it, but it's what level we're willing to recognize that we do it. Because we can just say, well, we don't do it. Blessed are thee with our halos on. You know, no. Like, maybe we should wake up and go, man, I was a piece of garbage before I came to Jesus. The way I treated people, I was selfish. I cared about money. All I wanted to do was how I could use you. Maybe that was you. Maybe that was me. We need that reminder, and that's okay, because God changes us. So now we can witness, you know, like we can be real with our testimony. That's why I love Mike, because he's so real with his testimony. You can't hide the truth from Mike, because he's all about transparency. That's the principle of this church. That's why I love him so much, because that is the mission. So good. wrap it up, guys. I mean it. Whatever your routine is, good or bad, even when it's good and you're an expert at it, ask God to shake it up this year. Ask God to change the habit because maybe you're missing something bigger. And I know you're going to feel anxious when you go to attempt this because, because you don't feel stable in what you know, but that's why you need Jesus Christ. That's why you need him. Y'all can stand with me. I'm going to give you this last point on our feet. You can remember that God equips he who calls. If he puts you in it, you can get through it. Because eventually what becomes new becomes natural. 
I remember preaching to my wife for a year because what was new was not natural and scary. Every week, we were preaching sermons at home because what was new was not natural. And so all I had to hang on to was that God would transform me through the renewing of my mind and heart through faithfulness to be what it needed to be so that when the church had real people, they wouldn't laugh. Seriously. Be first. Can I say it sucks? It sucked. Yes, I'm sorry I don't always talk this way. I'll blame it on the meds. Be first. And four years later, God's going to do something amazing. And three years later, God did something amazing. And two years later, God did something amazing. And two weeks after, God did something amazing. And what I'm saying is, if you want to get to the new place, you got to get in the dirt for a minute. It's good. Come on, somebody. Is this feeding anybody today? Come on. The fast food don't work. You're going to be hungry in an hour if you keep eating those cheeseburgers. Get some real green nutrients for the Lord in your system. Amen. It will become natural. They became natural, mission-driven witnesses for Jesus Christ. You know, we got Peter, James, and John in the building. We got a Mike. We got a Vincent. We got a Nate. We got some others. We got a Cameron. And we got others. They're, 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 they're my Peter, James, and John, just so you know. Vincent, Mike, Nate are my Peter, James, and John. Everybody who comes to the Lord will be used for God's glory. And they will leave their nets if they really want to see God's mission accomplished here on earth. And so Peter did that. And so James and John did that. They got up and they became the greatest ministers of the New Testament that you all call call treasure to date. They weren't qualified. Thank God for that. Jesus is the qualifier. It will become natural to you when it becomes a routine to you. When you change how you pray at dinner and you change how you go out on the weekends and how it looks. I'm not saying don't go out on the weekends. I'm saying how you do it, when you change it and make it a new routine, it will become natural to you. You will no longer have fear, but joy. You will see, wow, God, thank you for letting me get into the water. Now I see how much you have brought us along from the wilderness. So good. And so that's what today represents at one seed. It's four years of going through the wilderness to find the promised land, and we found it. And now God is speaking so clearly because we've been there before. we felt the transition before. This is not new to us in a way that we don't understand. What's new to us is that it's so much bigger than we even know what it's going to look like. We don't know what hundreds and hundreds of people piling into a room look like because we've never seen people excited for God like that. But that's what we're believing God to do. This is not for ourselves. This is for the world. That's why we got to make this building bigger. Somebody said, you got both sides? I said, yeah, is that big enough? It's not even big enough. We got to take that side too. I said, we already told them we'll buy it even though we don't have the money and we don't need the space. I said, but I already told them we're going to buy it. Let us know. I'm serious. Believe big or don't believe. God is supposed to blow your mind with your expectations. If, you, if your dream is only small enough that you wrap your mind around it, that's not a dream. That's status quo. Are we believing that God's going to do something so 
big and different and Corona trying to stop us. How many times has PJ got to say it and finally they're going to go, I get it. It's coming. Come on, somebody. It's coming. Look to your neighbor and say, it's coming. This is the tip of the iceberg. It's coming. It's coming. This is the tip of the iceberg. I got to break my routine to see my church grow. I want to see my church grow. I'm going to break my routine and do my part because this is my church. We are the church. Okay, I'm going to pray. I took a little too long now that we don't have a time limit, and I'm going to actually close this thing. Everybody lift a hand as we give sacred honor where honor is due that God has put us in this place. Heavenly Father, right now we come to you. We give thanks, God, that we can preach your word without prison shackles, without crucifixion for believing the truth and proclaiming the truth out in audible form. Right now, God, we declare it in this house. We declare one seat, church, a sanctified house of worship that is going to be bigger in a year than anybody won't even recognize that we were here today because this is going to be a new place and they're going to see this new building and they're going to go, how did that happen? And we're going to say, because we just kept pushing the plow and we never doubted the harvest because it just took laborers and when you get enough laborers in the field the harvest is a natural response to the blessing amen we're ready God we're ready God cure this house from any sickness cure this house from any disease let us go into the week with a fire that our friends are not used to but we're going to wake them up because we mean business for you lord god we give thanks now we are so excited to celebrate one seat church four years 1215 tom Geneva. this is our home saint charles come and get some we love you lord we give you thanks and all the honor and all the praise and if the house of god could say right now in jesus name